oh, you know, one thing that really moves me is music. The one way to get beyond the mind and the emotion and to get into soul is through music. And it really does it. When I was 17 years old, I began my spiritual quest. Up until then, I used to pray a great deal, and I meditated a great deal, though I didn't know it was called meditation. I really didn't know that much about a spiritual life per se. All I knew is that I loved God, and I wanted to somehow live in that love as much as I could. And so each day I prayed, and I meditated as much as I could. And each day as I ended my prayer and my meditation, I would say, Lord, make me worthy. I didn't know why I said that, and I didn't know what it was I was trying to be worthy of. All I knew is that something inside of me, since I was a child, wanted to know that I was worthy of God's love. And so each time I would end with, Lord, make me worthy. Finally, one day when I was 17, and I was in meditation, as I was ending my meditation, I said that little statement once again. I said, Lord, make me worthy. And as I finished that, a voice came up with inside of myself and said, and who says you're not worthy? And I stopped and I thought, and I said, who is this? What do you mean by this statement? And he said, what makes you think that you're not worthy? If all of us are God's creation, and if everything that exists in all levels of universes throughout eternity come from that point of love within the heart of God, then why do you think you're not worthy? Because if you're from that point of love in Him, then you're worthy of it. All you have to do is learn to live within it. And I said, well, wait, now this is a whole new way of looking at life. I've always been taught you have to go out there and search and work and make yourself worthy of God's love. And you're saying just the opposite, that I'm worthy of God's love. All I have to do is to be open to it. And he said, yes. He said, the first key to the kingdom of heaven, the first law that you have to learn to work with is the law of acceptance. If you can't accept God's love, and if you can't accept yourself for who you are, and if you can't accept others for who they are and where they're at at this time, then you are blocking your flow of creative love and awareness in God. And so from that point on, I've always tried to live that first law as fully as possible, that law of acceptance of accepting God's love, of accepting myself where I am at at this time, and accepting others unconditionally. Later on, as I began to work with this, I began to have some struggles with this law of acceptance. And the reason was, I was beginning to have trouble accepting others outside of myself, and I was having a hard time accepting myself as I was. I kept thinking I had to change, I had to be different, I had to do better. And the voice inside of me said, no, be who you are right now, don't worry about tomorrow. Take care of today, accept yourself today, love yourself today. 
So finally one day at a point of stress within this new way of looking at life, I went within and I said, help me to understand better this law so that I can live it and not struggle so much with trying to live it. And so as I went within prayer and meditation, a hand reached out into me and I was lifted out of body and taken into another dimension. And there I was taken into a past life. At that point, I really didn't understand reincarnation and I really wasn't sure I could accept it fully. But I went ahead and just observed to see what was going to come forward and what I could learn from the experience. Because I always knew that whatever happened, it was always for my own upliftment. And that's what I wanted. So I was going to observe it, even though I may not agree fully with it at that time. I was taken back to a point in Babylon when the Jews were in captivity. And I was shown myself with a family, my parents, and two other brothers and a sister. And we had been a family enslaved and had been bought by a very wealthy family. And on this property, we lived at the foot of a hill in a very small room, a cave. And it was no bigger than some walk-in closets. And yet all of us lived in this one little area. And I was shown then that even back then, I used to go off in the fields and pray to God each day because I loved him so much. And I just wanted to live in that love as much as I could. And one day as I was coming back home, my older brother began to yell at me, saying that I was a fool for going out and giving God my love and praying to him, that God didn't listen, God didn't care. If he cared, he wouldn't have put all of us into enslavement and make us live in holes in the ground. And I said, no, you don't understand. God loves us. And he said, no, you don't understand. God doesn't love us. God doesn't even exist. Because if he did, he wouldn't put us here. And I began to have trouble with my brother and accepting him where he was at. And up until that point in time, I had always lived pretty much in alignment with God. For I had found, I saw in this experience, that I had learned to balance the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual, and to hold them in alignment. And in balance, you can stay in consciousness with God. But when you are thrown out of balance is when you lose your identity and you start thinking of yourself as this physical body. And so as my brother's tension began to come into myself and become my tension, I began to lose sight of God within me. And I began to see the world as other people saw it. And it disturbed me a great deal. And I hated my brother because he brought this upon me. And that made it even more intense. Until finally one day, I remembered I had gone out to pray. And as I was walking out to the fields where I prayed each day, I saw a light in the sky and it spoke to me. And it said, don't come here if you're coming in that state of consciousness. Because we cannot listen and we cannot come and instruct you at that level. 
For you are now in a darkness, not in the light. If you want to come out here and listen to what we have to say to you, and you want to share your love with God, you've got to go within yourself and clean up and wash yourself pure once again and realign yourself with all the different levels of God within you. And then suddenly I realized, that's true. I had lost touch with all those different levels of God within me. The God of the emotional part of my being, the God of the mental part of my being, and the God of my physical part. I knew the God of the spiritual still within me because I could sense the love. But the others I had forgotten, and I had to go back within myself and realign myself once again with those elements, with those parts of the God within. And as I did, I began to realign myself into God consciousness, into the awareness of his divine love and his acceptance of me as I am in his love. And so as I did this, I began to look once again at my brother and at my family, and I wondered, why, God, is it that you've brought us here? Why are we in this situation at this time? And why is my brother going through so much if you love us so much? And a voice said to me, remember, loving is doing. It's an action, and it's ongoing. And if you are going to live life, you have to continue doing it daily. You have to continue living. And if you're going to love, you have to continue loving. You don't do it now and walk away from it. Because if you do, it's a false act. It has to be ongoing from moment to moment, from breath to breath. And I said then, well, what am I supposed to do to share with them that it's an action, that it's something that we have to do within our lives? And he said, don't go out there and talk to them about it. Go out there and do. If life is doing, then get out there and do it. Show them that through your actions, God is living within you. And so as I was walking back to our little cave, I began to think, what can I do that would show them that I love God and God loves me and we're in alignment and all is well? And then I thought, gosh, you know, if I could make that little hole a little bit larger and maybe a little more comfortable for us, maybe that would help them understand that God loves us through our doing, through our action. And so I went back and any time I had free from my duties and my prayer, I would dig and scrape and enlarge the cave as much as I could until we had a pretty good sized room to live in. And it was funny because it wasn't until that room was almost complete that my youngest brother and my father caught on to what was going on. And so they began to help me. And eventually we had a large room with two smaller rooms off to one side and a storage area off to another. And we were living quite comfortably for the people in those days. And then we decided to put in a small garden because we were eating pretty much the waste of our owners. 
whatever they didn't need off of their table is what we got. And the rotten foods of the field is what we got to collect to eat. They got the good crops. So we went off on the edge of a forest nearby and planted our own crops. And we were beginning to live pretty comfortably. And finally my brother came up, the one who had been so angry and full of hate, and he said, if you think this is going to change me, it's not. I still know that God doesn't love anybody. Maybe he does exist, but he doesn't love us or he would still give us freedom. And I said, at least you've come to the point of saying that God does exist. If you've come that far, then my actions are helping you as much as they are helping me. And I'll go on living my life the way I want to live it, and you go on living your life the way you want to live it, and let's just be peaceful together. And when that was said, suddenly with inside of me, I heard a voice say, yes, that's it. Acceptance and unconditional loving are the keys to peace, joy, and happiness. If you can live by doing through acceptance and by loving, then you have the keys to peace, joy, and happiness. And so since that time when I was 17, I've tried to live that as best I could. And I've tried to live in that state of acceptance, of unconditional loving, and of constant doing in God's light as much as I could. And that's something that I like to share with other people that if you want that peace and that joy and that loving in your life, don't go out in the world and fight with people. Don't go out and try to change them. Don't look in the mirror and get upset with yourself and say, gosh, you've got to change. You've got to change your act. It's just no good. Start loving that person in the mirror. Start loving that person deep down inside of you. Start loving the person and those that you see around you. And start learning to accept your life as it is. Because that's when you get the keys to go inside and change it. And you have to do it yourself. It's an action. It's a doing. You have to go inside of yourself to do it. No one outside of yourself can change you. No one outside of yourself can change your mind. You're the one that ultimately changes. But it's a gradual, ongoing process, and it's done through love. And it's a very peaceful process as you begin to expand your consciousness into higher levels. We live in a very small part of ourselves, in our conscious minds. But there's a lot more to us than that little conscious mind that we dwell in every day. That makes up maybe 5 to 10% of who we really are. And as long as you look outside of yourself, as long as you look to this world for answers, you're going to live in that small part of you. And you're never going to find that fulfillment, that peace and that joy of being linked and lined up with the God within you 
as long as you come from that reference point. But if you can begin to close your eyes and go within and begin to touch all the other realms and dimensions of yourself, that's when you're going to begin to see who you really are. You're much more than this physical body and you're much more than this conscious mind. It's up to you to go out and go in and find it all. There's levels upon levels, both underneath, inside and outside. And there are areas of investigation that we all need to touch so that we can expand our knowing of ourselves. And this is all through the action of doing. You don't stop and say, well, tomorrow, well, maybe tonight, well, when I lose this weight, when I get the better job, when I get my promotion, when I have so much money in the bank, when the children grow up. If you wait, you're going to wait forever. You have been waiting forever or you wouldn't be here today. Stop waiting and start doing. It's a very simple act. Waiting is stagnant. It's stale. It's motionless. You sit and you do nothing but wait. Acting, moving, doing is getting up off that position of waiting and do something about it. And the best thing you can do is to go within because it's at a point within yourself that you can get in touch with all levels of yourself. You could go to a university class and you can learn about all the different mental aspects of who you are, your obsessions and possessions, your unconscious and your subconscious, your superconscious, and your conscious states of mind. And you can go to spiritual organizations and read books and learn all about the little self and the greater self and the conscious self and the soul and the Christing and how to become God aware. But you're not experiencing it. You're listening to somebody else tell you what they've either learned from a book or maybe, if you're lucky, what they've learned from practical experience. But you've got to do it. You've got to go out and do it yourself. Just at that moment when I was walking through the field to begin my prayer, and that voice said, clean up your act. Get yourself back in balance again, because we're not going to talk to you until you're in alignment. They weren't going to do it for me. I had to do it myself. And so it is, each of us here has to do it ourselves. And it's a very simple process of going within. Now, a lot of people find it very frightening to close your eyes and to look in the darkness there because you never know what's going to come up. You never know what's going to be staring you back in your face. But if you go within, and you go within in love, whatever comes forward for you will come forward for your own upliftment and will take you to that loving point within yourself so that you have that peace and joy and happiness that you all are longing for. 
And sure, there's a lot of garbage that we've buried inside of ourselves and we're going to have to deal with at some level. But I found that if you go within with that consciousness of acceptance and unconditional loving, that whatever garbage comes up passes by very quickly because love allows it to pass by. And acceptance helps you to see it clearly so that you don't hold on to it and judge it and have a problem with it. And so if you close your eyes and you go within and you begin to feel strange emotions or crazy thoughts or physical sensations that scare you, go into a point of acceptance within yourself. Go into a loving state of consciousness and love whatever comes forward. And place the light of love there because that's what God is. God is love. And that's all he is. And so if you can enter into that point of loving within yourself, you've entered into God. I'm reminded of a time in which a woman came to me and she was pregnant. And she didn't know whether she wanted to continue carrying the child or not. Because soon after she got pregnant, her husband left her and filed for divorce. And she didn't want to carry this child with her that reminded her so much of him and all the good and the bad that he represented in her life. And so as we began to talk, I asked her to close her eyes and to go within herself and to get in touch with that child in her and find out what the child wanted. To go beyond herself, beyond her feelings, and to find out if the child wanted to come on into this world or not. And once she did that, she realized how selfish she had been because she had moved from that point of acceptance of herself for who she was and from her point of loving herself, she had lost sight of what her life really was to be. She was trying to live according to her husband's view of her. And when she didn't fulfill her husband's view, she no longer had a point of acceptance or loving for her. And therefore, if she couldn't accept or love herself, how could she accept and love this child? And the child told her that. The child said, I accept you for who you are. I don't care. I don't care what's happening in your world. I just want to share my life and my love with you. Can you be accepting enough to let me come in and share that with you. And that changed her life because she realized that if something inside of her, that child, could accept her in such an unconditional way, then she'd better do something about accepting herself. Well, there's a child inside of you and it's your soul. And it's saying, I accept you for who you are and I love you just as you are today, unconditionally. Can you accept me? Can you love me for what I am, that God part of you? Can you give birth to me today and let me share my life with you? That's what the soul says to you every day, from life to life, from day to day, 
to breath to breath. All we have to do is make a choosing back and say, yes, I accept. Yes, I love. But oftentimes we say no because something out here in this world tells us to say no, that it can't be that simple. And as long as you allow this world to be your distraction, as long as you allow this world to be that which you try to fill yourself with, you're going to continue to say no and continue to return in embodiment again and again and again until one day you say yes. Now, what happens once you've said yes? Is that it? You don't have to come back anymore? I wish it was that simple. From there, you begin your path inward and your path toward spiritual liberation. The moment you say yes to your soul, that I accept myself and I accept the soul, and unconditionally I'm going to love myself and all around me, at that moment you are given the keys to freedom in this lifetime. Freedom in the physical reality. So that the things of this world don't stress you so much and don't hold you in bondage. You begin to learn the process of detachment from this world and from other realms within and outside of yourself. And as you begin to learn the process of detachment by each day saying yes, and by doing, by loving, by accepting, you begin to move into a point of freedom. And then the next step from there is getting in touch with the soul within yourself and letting the soul begin to guide you upon your path. Begin listening to that deep, still, small voice within and listening to some of the directions it gives you. Oftentimes, though, when the voice speaks, it isn't what we want to hear. And so then we get up and we say no that day and go on about our lives and get caught up once again in this world. If you say yes and you say, okay, unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, I'll do it. And then the voice comes to you from within yourself and says, now today I want you to do, and you go, no, 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 that's not a part of this. I don't do that. That's not a part of my life. Uh, no, thank you. Immediately you have shut down. You have closed yourself off to your alignment with God, and you've missed the lesson that the soul within you is trying to share with you. If you can always say yes back to God, God will give you all that you could ever want and much more besides. And you may say yes very quietly and very shakily and walk down those steps to the next lesson very reluctantly, but if you do it, you learn and you grow and you go on. And you don't have to go back to that lesson anymore because you've learned it. But if you say no to it, you keep on having to look at it and fret about it and worry about it and fear it and run and run and run. The one thing you don't know and God knows is someday you're going to get tired. Maybe not in this body, 
but in somebody, somewhere, someday, you're going to get tired of running and God's going to catch you. So why stop tomorrow? Why stop a year from now? Why keep running the marathon when you've already won? Declare yourself the winner and stop running and start living, accepting, doing, and loving. Because acceptance and love equals peace, joy, and happiness. That's a great and simple equation to live by. And what it equals is even greater. After I entered into that state of consciousness at 17 and began to work with these principles that were coming to me, I began to feel really guilty about being happy and being loving and having joy in my life when other people were hurting and crying. And even when I came down with cancer, I still was joyful and I felt even guilty about that because my doctor was having a terrible time. <laughs> he was the one that was struggling and running and not accepting and not loving the moment of having to share with me that I had cancer. And I was the one that was loving it and accepting it and finding joy in it. Once I got beyond that energy of looking at people and saying, why me, Lord, why me? And just accepting that it is the way it is and that I have worked at it for many lifetimes to get where I'm at and that what I am trying to do is just share with those around me that they can have it too. It even expanded into a greater abundance. And that's all I want to do for you is to share with you that point of love within you so that you can have the freedom, you can have the spiritual liberation. Now, what does spiritual liberation mean? I mean, okay, we can understand freedom. We all want love and joy and happiness and peace and abundance on all different levels and to understand ourselves better. But what does spiritual liberation mean? It means never having to be separated from God again. It means always being aware. Now, when you meditate, oftentimes you go inside of yourself and you try to stir up an emotion that you can bring back with you into your consciousness and say, yeah, that really feels good. That was a great meditation. Or you go inside of yourself and you try to get this great teaching of some kind and come back with it so your consciousness says, yeah, that was a great meditation. But as long as you go into meditation with expectations, as long as you go into meditation trying to get something to please your consciousness, your conscious mind, you're still dealing with the physical realities of life. You're still caught up in the physical, the emotional, are the mental levels of your being and you're not touching soul at all. Soul is beyond all those levels. Soul is beyond conscious awareness. Soul is a state of being. 
So how do you know when you're in being? It's through awareness, not conscious thought process. And the only way that I can express what awareness is to you is do it and find out for yourself. And that means sitting each day in a state of meditation of actively searching out to find God within yourself. And remember I said life is action. God is action. Loving is action. Meditation should be action. But it should be an inner action. If you go within and become passive and stale and stagnant and quiet, you're not doing much more than just going to sleep in a conscious state. Go within and actively search out those levels of yourself that are God within you. And through that action, you're going to find awareness. Now, at first, you may find emotional sensations, mental awarenesses, or thought patterns, if you want to call them that, coming forward. Be aware of them, but don't put importance on them. Just say, that was great, thank you, and go on. And keep on looking for that something beyond all of that that is awareness in soul. When you find it, you'll know it. And that's the only way I can express it to you. Because it's totally different from anything you've ever experienced. But once you've experienced that awareness, you'll know it. And you'll always be able to return back to it again. Because you'll know how to get there. Because you will have walked that path yourself to that point within you that is that awareness. The teachers often say, I'll give you the keys, but you're going to have to go over there and unlock the door. In other words, I'll tell you how I got there, but then you go and get there yourself. You do it yourself. If you want peace, joy, and love in your life, do it. Love it. Enter into it and search it daily until you find it. And don't give up. There'll be days that may seem hard and cold, and you'll get real tired of having to struggle. But if you go beyond it and go inside of it, you'll always find that point of peace that'll lift you out of the struggle and make it much easier until you get to that point of loving acceptance equals joy, peace, and happiness. So that you can joyfully accept every moment of your life, everything in your life. That's how you get to God. And once you've achieved it, once you've gotten free of the negative realms of the physical realities, you're free and you're liberated. You don't have to come back into it again. You continue to live in God's realm from that time on. I've been speaking about the soul, and if you think of the soul as just a traveler in this time, in this place, and that we're just traveling through this moment, and that you're not really this physical body, and you're not really this consciousness, 
but that you're a soul traveling through this body at this time, you'll begin to understand better who you are. The days are numberless, and God will wait eternity for you. Are you tired of waiting? If you are, all you have to do is go within and find where you are right now, and you'll find out that you're God, and you don't have to wait. It's in your hands, and it's a choice you have to make. All you have to do is go within and say, yes, I choose today, and the rest is in his hands. God bless. You know, yesterday it was very interesting after the lecture because a lot of people came up and said, I'm sorry if I look like I was nodding off or sleeping. I was really paying attention, but somehow, somewhere, I was going deep inside of myself and I was kind of lost to this world. I was deep inside. You don't have to come up and apologize because at times when I talk, people often travel within themselves. And if you close your eyes and seem lost to this world, it doesn't bother me because I know you're in another, and in a better world than this anyway. So just allow yourself to drift inside if that's the case. The energy I work from is an energy for upliftment, and it comes down for expression, but it moves up for your upliftment. So if you find yourself being uplifted in that way, go within and allow yourself to move freely in that energy. There's been a lot of talk about service this weekend. So I'm going to share a little bit with you now about what kind of service you can perform for yourselves as well as for the world. But first you have to serve yourself. If you don't serve yourself, you really can't help others. A teacher told me a long time ago, if you have a dollar and I come up to you and ask for 10, can you give me $10? If you try and you give me more than you really have to give, you're giving falsely and you're hurting yourself. So if you're going to go out and be of service to the world, first you have to serve yourself and fill yourself with something to be of service with. Because unless you are filled with something to serve with, you can't really accomplish much in your act of service. Another part of service is serving freely without any attachment, without any desire for reward in the outcome. A lot of people think that they are being of service in their work, but if you're receiving money for that service, as you would look at it, it's merely a job. It's a service in the sense that it's giving you the money you need to provide for yourself, but it isn't an unselfish service. The true spiritual service is an act of going out and giving of yourself freely in whatever manner that you can, and not looking for a reward, not looking for payment, or someone saying thank you, or seeing your picture in the newspaper. It's merely doing the act and going on and doing the next, and the next, and the next. 
never looking back to see what people think of your actions. Because the moment you look back, you negate a lot of the service that you have done. Because the reward then is given to you on the physical level. Service serves you in many ways. The first act of service is to yourself. And that service is threefold. I often teach about the threefold path to God, meditation, study, and service. And we've done a lot of talk over the years about meditation and study, but very little has been said about service up until this weekend. And now it's time for that path to unfold before each of you as well. If you're going to walk the path and walk it freely and clearly, you have to walk on all three paths to find the one. And eventually you find them merging into oneness as you find yourself merging into the oneness that you are. Meditation we've talked a great deal about and we'll try to have another experience with in a few moments. Through meditation you begin to get in touch with the heart. You begin to get in touch with the God part of yourself and you begin to move out of the regions of body, emotion, and mind, and into soul. Through study, you begin to understand that which you are becoming aware of through your meditations. In meditation, you will experience many different levels, and through those different levels, your awarenesses will expand. And through study, you come into a fuller understanding of your awareness. You don't sit in meditation and try to understand anything because then you only block the awarenesses that are trying to come to you. But you can take those awarenesses and through your study begin to understand them more clearly. But then what of service? The first service you have to perform is to yourself and that is a service of meditation, of going within and getting familiar with that God part of you within your heart. Yesterday I shared a little bit about listening to the soul and letting it be your guide rather than letting your mind or emotions guiding you in your meditation. But how do you go about hearing the soul, experiencing the soul, and following the soul into itself? You go into the heart in a loving attitude, in a caring expression. And attitude is a key word here because attitude helps you to either open up to or close off to that which is coming forward in your awareness. And as you move with proper attitude into these different levels of awareness, you find yourself entering into a point within your heart, that loving part of you. To enter into it, you have to live in this world in an unconditional loving manner. And as this unfolds to you, you begin to find a point of light within the center of your heart that I call the master of your heart. It's that point of contact between you and the physical and you and the soul. The soul has a very hard time talking to the conscious mind because the conscious mind understands this world 
and the awarenesses that you've had since birth. So the soul has a very difficult time talking directly to the conscious mind. So what it does is it goes to that point of unconditional loving within yourself and there it talks to the mind. It's up to you to train the mind to listen. And it has to be an act of listening, not passive. You have to go within and pay attention and keep your awareness about you. If you become passive, you'll miss it. But if you stay in an active state of awareness, then you'll begin to hear the soul talking in a loving manner to you. And if you notice, I keep using the word loving, not love. Love is a mind concept, but loving is an action of the heart. And if you allow your heart to be the active participator in your life, you'll begin to share in an unconditional manner that will begin to open many doors on many different levels. And one of those doors and one of those levels is service. That service can be in many different ways and many different forms. It can be baking a cake and taking it to the new neighbor down the street to welcome them into the neighborhood, to make them feel more comfortable. It can be going to an old age home and sitting and sharing with someone who's alone and making them feel appreciated once again and loved once again. It can be going to school and learning sign language and how to talk to the deaf and then going out yourself and sharing your time and your love with the deaf in that manner. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. One way that our group shares our loving consciousness weekly is when we come together, instead of putting money into the pot at the end of the evening, we put some canned food into the pot. And then at the end of the year, we have a collection of foods that we can give to those in need for their Christmas so that they can have it a little bit better. So each week we're in a way giving of ourselves in an unconditional manner. And then at the end of the year, we see the joy that that unconditional loving brings forward for many. You can dream up all kinds of ways of being of service if you listen to your heart and allow it to speak to you. It could be working within a spiritual organization and giving an hour a week, 10 hours a week, whatever you can to be of service in whatever manner they need you for. Whatever works for you is what will work for you. But the moment that you begin to struggle with that idea of, oh God, I've got to go and be of service this week and I'm due in 10 minutes, now what am I going to do? You've lost it. You've ruined the whole point of service. It's through unconditional loving. Once you move out of unconditional loving, the service is a burden and not a service. And it's doing harm to you, and it's doing harm to those that you are trying to supposedly be of service to. It's better that you don't even go and perform that act and reevaluate where you're coming from and where you want to go. Or sit back for a few minutes and get back in touch with that unconditional, loving point 
within your heart that is the doorway into your soul. It's a simple act, but it's hard at times for us to give of ourselves freely when we think so much in this physical consciousness that everything has to have a reward at the end. What greater reward is there than giving of ourselves and seeing another part of ourselves outside of ourselves smile with joy at the love that you have given them? Haven't you done something for yourself if you've helped someone else? Because we're all one, we're all the same. And if I lift you, I myself am lifted up in some way. And if you lift me, you've helped me and yourself as well. Something that came forward this morning while I was in meditation was that attitude is the key in service. And before you go out and attempt to be of service in this world, check your attitude and check that point of unconditional loving and then move forward in your life. But don't forget to serve yourself first, to open those doors so that you give in a very unselfish way and in a very real way, so that you don't hurt yourself and you don't hurt others, because you can create for yourself greater burdens by giving falsely. But you can also create for yourself upliftment and freedom through those acts of service. Now how does that happen? It happens in this manner. When you go into service and you begin to give of yourself in an unconditional manner, you begin to develop around you an aura of light because you are aligning yourself on a physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual level. And as you begin to align yourself in an unconditional way, you begin to find greater light coming into your life. And that light begins to rack up within your aura as credits or units that begin to balance the scale of your karma. Now I'm not saying this is the way out, but it is a nice way to soften the blows that the karmic board might have for you by giving of yourself in this manner. And you can even eliminate some of the karma by actually going out and being of service in this way. But there's a trap. If you go out to be of service, to rack up light units, to soften your karma, it doesn't work because you're giving in a selfish way and you're not giving unconditionally. If you give with that awareness that that is happening, that's fine. But if you do it because right there, you've blown it. So be careful when you go out and be of service that you go unconditionally and you'll find that it will help on many different levels, not only in the action between you and the individuals you're being of service to, but on all different levels of yourself. I want to share something with you and then I'm going to take you into a meditation so that you can begin to experience how to open that door within your heart and what it feels like to sense that inner master beginning to move and function and talk in your life. 
Six years ago, I was given a drawing. I work with a lot of different artists in the world, trying to inspire them and uplift them and move them into greater dimensions of their own being so that they can express that in their art. Six years ago, I got this idea of what I thought would be a great piece of sculpture work. And I tried to present it to a couple of artists, but no one seemed to be really enthusiastic about it. So I just kind of put it in the back of my mind and said, well, when it's supposed to come forward, it'll happen. This morning when I was in meditation, they were talking to me about the World Service Order and about service and how it functions within our lives. And then a teacher came up to me with this piece of sculpture in his hands. And he presented it to me and he said, here, this is in honor of world service. And I went, what? And all of a sudden I thought, gosh, this could be an award of some kind. And I started to take it and he pulled back and he said, now that you've got the idea, you don't need this. This isn't for you. And I went, oh, shucks. <laughs> I thought for sure, finally, I was going to get something. But <laughs> the idea then came forward that the World Service Order could hold a banquet. And now this idea is not original because there's three other organizations that I know of that does this annually. So why not one more? It's a good way to raise funds for the organization. It's a good way to hold out the idea of world service to the world. By holding a banquet once a year and charging for each plate or each person to come in, it would help to raise funds for the World Service Order and the Coptic Fellowship Headquarters, as well as to help promote world service throughout the world. Because if it's going to be world service, you may as well get it out there and get it throughout the world and not just in a community or two or three. But to do that, it's going to take money. And this would be one way to go about doing it. And then going out to different organizations and asking for funding and support for your activities in this way. And out of the money that's raised each year of a banquet, give a percentage of it as an award to someone or to a group of individuals who have held out themselves in the world of service that are well deserving of it, that have not gone out and sought reward as an end to their function, but they've just gone out selflessly, unconditionally, to be of service to help mankind. And you could give the award at this award banquet. Now the award I saw was this. This is a very poor rendition, but it would be a clear acrylic or glass, whatever would work, raised as a wave encompassing the earth. And this would represent the movement of service coming into the consciousness of man, of being selfless and serving in an unconditional manner and giving of his love to the world and seeing this begin as a small ripple in the ocean but moving as a great wave that will cleanse the earth and bring about great change within the consciousness of man. 
And the hands symbolize each of us holding up our concept of freedom, of service, of joy that we want to share to the world and our desire to change the world and make it better. So that's my idea. And I'm just offering it to you all to take and do what you can with it. And I'm sure that it can be expanded. There's a lot of ways to make the idea better, I'm sure. But what do you want out of a five-minute, ten-minute meditation? <laughs> now I want to give you an experience and kind of introduce you a little bit to your inner self. So if you want to sit comfortably with your hands, arms, and legs uncrossed, we'll go within for a few minutes. First, let me share something with you. Let me explain a little bit about the process we're going to go through so you'll understand it better. I've talked a lot this weekend about the alignment of the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual bodies. I've talked about it in the past, and I've talked about it this weekend, because that's the important key to finding your soul. If you don't get alignment, it's rather difficult sometimes to get the communication, the awareness that you want. So the first part of the meditation is a process of getting those vehicles, those bodies, into alignment. Now, on the physical universal planes, the OM is used a great deal because it's considered to be one of the highest vibrational patterns for upliftment that there is. But it only takes you so far, and then it stops. And the height that it takes you is into the mental realm. So we'll use that as a source to align the physical, the emotional, and the mental bodies. And it will lift and align the energies up to that point. But then we want to go beyond that. And to do that, we need to go into a different vibrational pattern. I use an ancient vibrational pattern or word, a holy name of God, H-U, or Hue. It's a higher vibrational pattern that takes you up into the soul regions and beyond. So we'll use the OM for the first three sounds to align the physical, the emotional, and the mental bodies. And then we'll use the HU to help open that doorway into the soul region. And since we're going to sound it out aloud, we'll do it in this manner. You'll take in a deep breath and then just say, H-U. And that will help to open up that doorway into those higher regions. We'll sound that sound once audibly and twice within yourself. When you sound it inside of yourself silently, you sound the H sound going in your inhalation. You go H and sound it mentally, and then U on your exhalation and sound it mentally. We'll do that twice. But we'll sound the OM three times out loud, and HU once out loud, and then the HU inside. 
as we're doing this, I'm going to guide you through the meditation, and then I'm going to leave you at a point for a few minutes so that you can go ahead and continue the experience. And then I'll guide you out. So if you'll close your eyes now and just become quiet, I want you to take a deep breath and just relax. Breathe in and breathe out. And allow your breath to kind of guide you into a quiet, still place within yourself. Begin visualizing your physical body and see it clearly before you. And as you do, see around it coming into view your emotional body. Look and pay attention and learn to see clearly that vehicle that you express through in an emotional way. And as you move beyond that, begin seeing your mental body. Now you may see or you may feel or you may think your way through this meditation. Whatever works for you is what will work. So use it. And now visualize the soul above all these others. And what we are going to do now is align these bodies so that they will work in harmony, so that they work in balance with each other and not fight each other. The way we do that is by quieting ourselves and first visualizing once again the physical body. And as we sound the Om, I want you to see all tensions, cares, worries, leaving the physical body see perfect balance coming in for health, for abundance within your life, and for upliftment. Take in a deep breath. Oh. Now begin visualizing your emotional body. See it coming into balance. See it aligning itself with the physical vehicle. And see the two beginning to work together as one. See them working in harmony and balance for your perfect health, for abundance in your life, and for your upliftment. <laughs> 
Taking a deep breath. Now begin visualizing the mental body and see it coming into a balanced state. See it aligning itself with the emotional and the physical and beginning to work in balance and in harmony with the other two bodies. See them working together for your perfect health, for abundance in your life, and for your upliftment. Taking a deep breath. And now I want you to begin to visualize that radiant light form of your soul above all these other vehicles coming into alignment with these three vehicles that you visualized and beginning to work through them for your upliftment, for your full awareness of who you truly are. See the light of the soul begin to radiate down through the mental body, through the emotional body, through the physical vehicle, and see that light beginning to work through all these regions of your being for your upliftment. Take in a deep breath and we'll recite the H-U. H-U. Now to further anchor that light as it begins to channel downward into these other bodies from the soul, recite twice the H-U silently within yourself. Take in a deep breath and as you do, it's H. As you exhale, it's U. Take in a deep breath. Exhale. Taking a deep breath. Exhale. Feel the peace, the joy, and the happiness in that stillness. But don't let yourself become quiet are still in that moment. Be aware, be alert, ever 
inside of yourself. And in that awareness, begin to see in the center of your heart a small dot of light coming forward. And as it begins to grow, see inside that small light a lotus blossom closed and see it growing as the light within the heart begins to grow. Begin now, once again, mentally sounding the HU, and as you do, see the lotus beginning to open slowly, ever so slowly. And as it opens, see a radiant purple flame in the center of the lotus beginning to appear. Let the lotus open to its full expansion. And once it has, begin to visualize, begin to create within your awareness a light body, a radiant light form within the center of this purple flame. You can create it in whatever manner you want. It can have clear, distinct features if you wish, or it can be nondescript, just a radiant light form there before you. See that light form growing into a true body of light that you know within yourself to be real. As you do, walk up into the center of the lotus, into this purple flame, and sit down quietly. For the next few minutes, sit there and be aware of this radiant light form. If it wishes to share something with you, listen attentively. If not, keep focusing on the form and allow it to become more and more real to you as you do. If you find your consciousness drifting away from it, bring it back by reciting the HU once again to create a tension, to create a point of focus.
now begin to thank the radiant form for its manifestation, for any information that may have come forward at that time. And if you wish to return again, share that with this radiant being and ask permission that you might be able to return and share your love openly, caringly, with this radiant form. And know that at any time you need to find a point of peace and joy and harmony in your life, all you have to do is come back into his presence and there you will be in that loving, peaceful, joyful harmony of life. Thank him and begin to return to this consciousness, to this body, to this room once again. Bring your attention back, and when you feel comfortable, you can open your eyes once again. It's just that simple. It's just that easy to go deep inside of yourself and to touch the doorway to your soul. It's almost too easy. It's almost too simple. The trick is, you've got to use it daily. If you really want it to be effective in your life, you have to do it daily, because that's the only way that the soul then can align itself with you and begin to function in this life and begin to bring you to a point of upliftment where you're liberated and there's no need to return once again to these realms of, of life. It's up to you. You can read a book. You can go to lectures. You can do a lot of things. But until you stop and sit and go within, it's not going to mean a whole lot. That's the way to find God. God is there waiting to give to you in an unconditional manner. But you've got to go in unconditionally and open up to his love in order to share in it. Now you can get caught up in the mind and you can get caught up in the emotion and you can think your way into a lot of things and you can feel your way into a lot of things. But you can't think your way or feel your way into God. You have to walk right into his arms and just give up yourself totally to him and let him then use you according to his plan, not your plan. Eventually you'll find that your plan is his plan, that the you I'm talking about now is the soul you, the greater you. And that's the party I'm talking to at all times when I'm here. 
is the greater you. Because that's all I see in each of you, is the greater you. I'll share a little story before I leave. When I was a child, I used to see everybody with one face. And I never thought much about it. I thought everybody just had this one face. And that's how everybody looked. And the way I recognized people was by the color of their auras. And the lady next door I called Mrs. Green because her aura was so green because she was great with divas and plants. And my mother kept saying, no, it's Mrs. Hinkle. And I said, no, that's Mrs. Green. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a real challenge for my mother because she couldn't understand how I related to the world. Finally, about five years of age, she took me to a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Thought for sure he could help me understand. If anything, I came out of there more confused because then I suddenly realized, you mean everybody has a different face? They don't all look alike? And it really threw me because everybody looked alike to me. And the only way I knew people was by their colors, not by their faces. I struggled with that and struggled with that. And finally, I grew out of it until I began to see everybody differently. Until recently, I began to once again go back into that state of consciousness where everybody looks the same. And I'm beginning to recognize people not by their faces, but by their colors. And I'm kind of enjoying it, though at times it's embarrassing because I may look at you and not really know who you are, (laughs) at least down here. But when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to that sameness, that oneness that is in all of us, that beloved that is the expression of the soul, that is the expression of God. If you will look through the eyes of the Master that you just met now within your heart, which is you, at the world, you will begin to see the world in that manner as the Master within the heart sees it. In loving, caring, sharing, joyful, happiness. And everyone will look the same because you're looking at God and everyone. And then there's no way that you can not live in unconditional loving because how can you look at God and not love Him? Sure, you may not like what that person is doing, but you can sure love the God in them. That's your responsibility, and that's your gift from God and to God, the God within each of you. God bless.